We are I. Good morning, everybody. 5:10 a.m. and you know what? It is not dark and early. It is moderately light outside. Like I look out my window right now and I can clearly tell that morning has started. I love this time. Love this time of year. I've talked about it lots on the podcast. This is my favorite time of year. And this is the first time that I've looked out my window and I can clearly see that the day has started. Love that. So we did Sony yesterday. And we're going to talk a little bit about like ice bath and protocols and stuff like that this morning. So when it comes down to the ice bath, I know a lot of people just shy away from the cold. And, you know, like the the point that I forgot to mention yesterday with the sauna. So the, the commonality between the sauna and the ice bath is we're really just talking about environmental hormesis. So this is like an environmental adaptation. So it's like an environmental challenge to your body. And the reason why that both of these environments are so key and so critical now is because we've really created this mono environment where it offers absolutely no real benefit to the body. It's comfortable for our mind, but there's actually no physiological benefit to creating a life of 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, which, you know, for the most part, everybody has, you know, whether that be you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, like we we try to create that singular temperature. And, and again, like there's absolutely no physiological benefit from there. But there is a lot of physiological benefit in extreme heat and extreme cold. So this is where we get into the ice bath today. So you, you can lie to yourself and convince yourself that you don't like the cold. And theoretically, this, you know, may be true. But this is that same dynorphin response that I was talking about yesterday with the sauna is that Triggering that response in your mind that this is terrible. This is something that you don't want. However, there's a lot of benefit to changing your mindset there. It's nothing just to do with getting into the ice bath, but it's accepting environmental stress. Now, environmental is not necessarily temperature. Environmental stress is the things around us, how we perceive negative things. Now, if you can harness the power of your mind when you say that you don't like this ice bath, you don't like this cold, you don't like being cold, the cold is not beneficial for you, well, you're lying to yourself. So when you stop, when you learn how to stop lying to yourself and actually get in that cold, you've now conquered a major component of life because you've shifted the way that you perceive and think about things and stress and negative situations in your life. Because as much as you want to lie to yourself right now, hearing that there's no way that it's the same, or, you know, like I'm just not cold or the cold's not beneficial to me. And, you know, I just don't like it. It's like all of that is bullshit. It's all lies because science and physiology tells you that you're a liar. Now, how long do you want to lie to yourself? It's first and foremost, because I get so much pushback when it comes to the cold, the heat people can buy on, but the cold people run away from it. You should be leaning in. There's just as much benefit and there's benefit that you're not going to get by sitting in the sauna. Now, 
with sitting in the cold, being in the cold, exposing yourself to cold, extreme cold. Again, this allows us the greatest increase in our immune response. It strengthens our immune system to a degree almost like no other. The only other thing really that compares is just exercise itself. But this is the reason why so many cultures in this world take babies and leave them outside in bassinets, leave them outside in strollers, dip them in frigid cold water as newborn babies is because they clearly know and understand the benefit of cold exposure before we really knew the science behind it. But again, if you want to lie to yourself and tell you that the cold makes you sick, well, this is bullshit. We know that it is absolute bullshit when people convince themselves of that. It's an utter lie. It's an absolute 100% lie. Now, when you look at the actual like protocols of when we should do it, how cold should it be? Well, this is very similar to the sauna. How cold should it be? Well, we all have a different perception of cold. So it's what feels cold to you, and that will change through environmental adaptation. The longer that you do the ice bath, the more cold you can handle. The longer you do the sauna, the more heat that you can handle. Now, you get to a point of diminishing returns, and this is what I've found through the research that I've done, is once you get below minus 1.5 of the water, your capillaries actually start to close, and you don't actually feel as cold as water that's you know minus 1.5 to plus 1 degrees. Because it keeps your capillaries open and actually draws more body temperature, more heat out from you. Now, I also know from the research that I've done, and I understood this, but I didn't understand why. So when you sit in the ice bath, and the reason why that flowing water is cold, feels colder than still water, even though the still water physic or like actually may be colder, is because when you sit still in still water, your body creates a thermal layer around you for protection. Now, if you slightly agitate that water, it breaks down that thermal layer. So just kind of swooshing your arms around, moving your feet. Now, okay, it doesn't have to be stirred. It doesn't have to be jets like a hot tub. It can just slightly stir the water, slightly move the water, and it breaks down that thermal layer around your body, deepening the cold effect, which is exactly what you want. Now, when should you do an ice bath? Now, when we talk about immersion, immersion is from the neck down, from the chin down. You're completely immersed in water. Now, because of the anti-inflammatory properties and how, how beneficial or how great these anti-inflammatory properties are, you should not do an ice bath at least four hours after your workout. Because what it does is it inhibits any of the positive physiological effects you've had from your workout. That inflammation, you want that inflammation from your workout, whether you're endurance training, strength training, hypertrophy training, anything. You, you need that breakdown. You need it in your body. You, you, that's where your results are coming from is the readaptation to that breakdown of the body so that we don't want to inhibit that process. We don't want to take those inflammatory markers out of the body at that time. We want to let our body marinate in those inflammatory markers. So greater than four hours, preferably 
the longest point away from when you've trained to when you're going to train next. Now, if you have to do it around your workout, it is more beneficial to do an ice bath, full immersion, before your workout than after. So if you have only a time frame, do it before. That's the physiological most beneficial time for you to do it. But just make sure that you properly warm up before you start exercising so that your body is, you get the most benefit and you're the most efficient way of exercise. Don't just, you know, be cold and still and freezing. Just hop right into your workout and start, you know, deadlifting a, a one rep max. It doesn't work that way. You got to, you know, get in and go through a proper warm up protocol to be able to get there. But do the ice bath before. The duration, again, doesn't matter. You go until you feel you've got that dynorphin release when you just, you've been fighting the demons of wanting to get out. Again, the longer that you can prolong that for just like the sauna, the better. Once your mind tells you that it's too cold, once your mind tells you that you should get out, once your mind tells you that this is no longer favorable, from that point on, every second that you stay is extremely more beneficial than all the time before that. So again, the cold, the temperature of the water, whatever you perceive to be cold, that is going to change over time. Just watch getting below minus 1.5. The duration, again, whatever you can hack out, the longest you can hack out, those beneficial. So time and temperature, those are situationally specific. You're gonna have to just do a little bit of research yourself on your body. And that research comes only by way of just getting in the cold. Now, we have the flip side of this. And again, there's a ton more you know, benefit to sitting in the ice bath when we look at uh, the reduction in your resting pulse rate, the reduction in your blood pressure, the increase in white blood cell count, the conversion of white fat cells into brown fat cells. Brown fat cells have a mitochondria. This burns energy. This is the, the fat burning effect, the thermogenic effect of sitting in the cold. There's no benefit to white fat cells, but there is benefit to brown fat cells. More brown fat cells on your body, the better, in contrast to white fat cells. There's all those benefits. Now, the cold shower, on the other hand, we're getting more of an adrenaline dump, kind of like that pick-me-up, that, woo, I feel good now, perky. Now, that, for whatever reason, you can do post-workout and is extremely beneficial. Because you're not getting that, that same anti-inflammatory effect when it, as when you do a full immersion. So having a cold shower after you work out, yes, you can absolutely do that and get that adrenaline dump from that. You absolutely can. Like that's beneficial. Again, the time, the duration, that's, that's specific up to you. The longer, the better. You know, but again, if we can kind of hit that three to five minute mark in that cold shower, great. But again... Just the longer, the better within reason. You know, obviously when we start getting up into those like eight to 10 minute marks, you know, whether you're in cold water immersion or whether or not you're standing in the cold shower, you know, that's, I've noticed like through the anecdotal um, research that I've done like that on myself, like that's kind of where you start to see, you know, some of the benefits subside. Now, there's not as much research when it comes to cold water immersion is what there is for sauna, but it's coming and it's coming fast because of the gaining of popularity. So these are the things, these are the most important things that we need to know. Is ice bath within four minutes of workout? We don't wanna do that. 
Cold shower? Yes, absolutely. Cold bath before the workout, full immersion before the, before the workout, or the longest period of time after your workout and before your next, splitting that difference there. Cold showers, take them anytime, anytime you want, completely fine. Time, again, situationally depending on you, the longer you can hack it out, the better from the point of when you feel like you want to get out, no matter whether you're in the shower or fully immersed. Temperature, again, whatever you perceive to be cold. My definition of cold is probably a lot different than your definition of cold. I'm adapted to that environment. So now that you're armed with some of this information on this beautiful morning here at 5.22 a.m., my question of the day is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this information knowing that it has a massive positive effect on the body by being immersed in cold?